0: What is the relevance of Triple in today's day and age post-COVID? This is Stuff Employees Should Know.
1: Welcome to Stuff Employers Should Know. Proudly brought to you by LaborNet, management's ultimate HR solution.
0: Hey and welcome to the podcast. It's Yasu Yaslake Ismail, and I'm your sound producer and co-host for Stuff Employers Should Know. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. With me in studio, we have LaborNet's National Product Manager for Triple BE, Tamana Sharma, who will be helping answer a few questions relative to the topic for today. Considering that uh, I'm no BE expert and she is, and we're going to be discussing the relevance of BE in today's day and age post COVID. So uh, yeah, welcome to today's show.
1: Hi, thank you for having me today. I'm excited to be part of the show and to address your BE question.
0: So, Tamana, what exactly is BE?
1: So, on the 9th of Feb, 2007, the General Department of Trade, Industry, and Competition released BE codes, which were gazetted, and this is exactly where our formal journey with BE began. While there have been various levels of amendments passed over the years in regards to the BE codes, the focus has never dwindled. We have, in fact, seen a massive shift in focus. And... During this, we've realized that B is an integral part of doing business in South Africa with direct and indirect impact to our environment.
0: And what exactly is the environment that you refer to?
1: So this environment basically refers to a client's ecosystem. This is essentially the client itself, their business, um, their employees, their suppliers, and the various enterprise and supplier and socioeconomic development beneficiaries that they support.
0: That's really interesting. If it is an integral part in doing business, what exactly does triple BE involve?
1: Okay, so BE takes a holistic approach by looking at the entire business, um, covering various elements. So the first would be ownership, which refers to the shareholding within the business. The second would be management control, which refers to the members on the board, the directorship, as well as our employees. Skills development, which talks to the internal and external training interventions, enterprise and supplier development, um, which refers to the suppliers that the client deals with as well as the beneficiaries that they are supporting. And lastly, is a socioeconomic development, which is essentially your beneficiaries um, such as your NGOs, your NPOs, your charities, your orphanages, and so forth. So In a nutshell, B takes a holistic view of the entire business to enable transformation in all of these levers.
0: And Tamana, how exactly has this shift in focus affected us?
1: So we saw... And continue to see a massive shift in focus post-COVID, where a clear interest has been placed in achieving B compliance in various industries from the government. So case in point would be, for example, the Gambling Board requirements of achieving a level 2B status in order to operate within the industry and to obtain their license. Um, another example that we can look at is the liquor sector, which too requires businesses to comply with B in order to obtain, for example, a new trade license, a liquor distribution license, or even a renewal of a current liquor license. So if we look at the recent trends, we can clearly see the increased interest in B and the interlinking impact it has in various industries.
0: So I think you've made it quite evident that uh, B has become such a huge Um, part of businesses operating that certain businesses probably can't operate at all if BE isn't implemented. Would I be correct in saying that?
1: That's correct.
0: Okay, excellent. And then you also mentioned that there's obviously a lot of different elements that contribute to a company's or business's BE level. Now, these different elements, do they uh, hold different weighting in that and obviously calculating that company's BE level?
1: Most definitely. So it, it depends on the size of the business. So if the size of the business is anywhere from 10 to 50 million, it is classified as a qualifying small enterprise, which is a QSE. Now, in a QSE, the, the weighting across the different elements of ownership, management control, skills development, enterprise and socioeconomic development differ. There, might be certain importance placed on skills development versus enterprise and supplier development. Whereas if you look at a larger enterprise, which is basically a business in excess of 50 million turnover, we see that a clear focus is placed on preferential procurement, which is essentially your enterprise and supplier development. So to answer your question, yes, Um, But it's purely a function of the size of the business. All
0: right. So, look, obviously, you've mentioned some big numbers. Um, I think you've gone into the millions when it comes to companies' turnovers. And that puts them in a specific um, categorization for their BE uh, rating. But what happens if I'm a one-man show and I want to be or rather have a BE rating? Is that possible?
1: So, Yes, but you would not have to go through a verification depending on what your turnover is. So if you act as a sole proprietor and your annual turnover for the business is less than 10 million, then you would be classified as an EME. Which is basically a small enterprise, right? It's an exempt micro enterprise. In those cases, all you need to do is apply for an affidavit, an EME affidavit, and that's it. That's your proof. You do not need to go through a formal B verification. A verification kicks in the moment you cross over the 10 million turnover threshold.
0: Okay, brilliant! Thanks so much for answering my questions, and uh, I feel like I've leveled up when it comes to Triple be. It's a very interesting topic, and we would love to discuss the interlinking impact further in our subsequent podcast. So, uh, definitely looking forward to having you back in the studio tomorrow. Thank
1: you so much! Thank you for having me today.
0: As always, thanks so much for tuning in to Stuff Employer Should Know. Uh, get in touch with us on social media or pop us an email at sesk at LabourNet.com. Let us know what you thought about today's episode or previous episodes. Or let us know if you want us to discuss any topics in specific. And of course, we'll gladly attend to that. As always, from myself, Yasu, Yasu, like it, Ismail, and unfortunately, not BGD today. Cheers, and see you next time.
1: Stuff Employers Should Know was proudly brought to you by Labernet, management's ultimate HR solution. For more episodes from Stuff Employers Should Know, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you play your favorite shows. Case law or statutes referenced in the podcast are current at the time of recording.